Hello and welcome to I Can Relate. I'm Jessica Burns. This podcast puts you in the shoes of others as people take us on their journeys of personal and sometimes sensitive experiences. These are usually topics that are not spoken about and the hope here is that by bringing them to light, it helps others feel less alone in what they're going through. I look forward to embarking on this journey with you as we develop a greater understanding and empathy for one another. Today, I sit down with Abdul. He immigrated from Somalia with his family when he was 10 years old. They didn't have a choice. They needed to create a future better than the ones they were leaving behind. It was a really powerful story to hear the hear the the journey and to hear what it's like on the other side. It's also a lesson to make sure we all look at everyone as equal, no matter what. And I think he was talking about the news with with terrorist incidents, how he he feels sometimes that people look at him, you know, as a terrorist. And it is it's his reality and the advice he gives on there is is very good so I do hope you enjoy this episode hello and welcome Abdul how are you I'm doing fantastic how are you doing Jessica I'm good it's so good to see you again so good to meet you how's your weekend been um it's been very hectic um a lot of families a lot of like family members moving out so helping them move out uh, so it's been, and the week has gone way too quick. So yeah, well, thanks As for always. making the time for 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 sharing your story. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so my name is um, Abdul. Um, originally from Somalia, moved to the UK um, when I was uh, so the age of ten, I think. Yeah, if I can remember, um, I run a social enterprise called Saharan Cares. Um, it's a family-run social enterprise that offers care and support to the elderly. Um, and we do this by offering employment to refugees who English isn't their first language. Uh, we sort of train them in-house, we teach them, sort of, we empower them with skills that they may need um, in the future. Um, and then we offer them employment and then sort of they work as care workers. And we also offer them qualifications that help in social care. Um, we've been doing that since 2012 now. Nice. And that's actually how we met everyone. So Abdul and I were at the Social Enterprise UK Awards. Um, so for everyone who doesn't know what a social enterprise is, it's a company or business that reinvests its profit into its own social mission. So for me today, the intention is I really want to understand what it's like to be a Somalian immigrant and the structure that I hope you don't mind me, me putting together is starting off with the motivation, your family's motivation for the migration, the journey, um, the hopes you had versus the realities and advice. Actually, let's, you know what, let's even go earlier than that. What was it like growing up in Somalia? Paint us a picture. I mean, the recollection that I have in Somalia has always been being in my grandmother's farm and, uh, you know, my grandmother has a farm there and my granddad um, and playing around the farm. I, I remember being, I remember being six, seven or eight, I guess, um, going to trips to the farm and just having fresh fruits and all of those things so it was, it was a nice environment um to be around you know um and that's always home and it's always when you go back you just feel home right away um but 
you know, as you, as, a, as, as, as a family, as we were getting older, then my parents started to think about the future. They started to think about what was best for, and education is something that's embedded culturally. And, you know, you have to, education is something that was drilled in as, if you want to make it a life, education is, is what's going to separate you from other people. And you have to uh, work hard for that. Um, and that's, that was a, the motivation from sort of my family. Well, and also situation, and, and to be fair, and this is a story for any migrant and any refugee that, that lives in a country that isn't structured, is everybody is in search for a better future. Because in essence, nobody wants to leave their home. If you really think about it. If everything, that's where nobody wants to, you know, if you've asked any migrant, you know, would you have moved or would you have stayed? Everyone said we would have stayed home, the situation was better. So everyone. Everyone in a way has similar stories. Everyone had to make it out for a better future. And, and you don't take that for granted once you do make it. When you say structured, what, what do you mean about Somalia not being structured? As in structured, as in there isn't a government. So, I mean, it's a failed state. So when, when there's no structure, there's chaos. Yeah. And, when there's, and when there's chaos, there's never, you, you cannot grow growth comes from stability and that's for, as a country and as, as a life as well we have aspirations when we think about growth once we've got down the bare minimum the bare bucket do we have a roof over our head are we able to eat like those basic necessities once you're able to get that then you think about growth until then you're always on survival mode you just want to make it the next day and you cannot grow if you're constantly on survival mode yeah I think that's like the Maslow's hierarchy of needs that's like coming yeah. to mind, that idea. Yeah. So for your family, that was the motivation, a better future. Yeah. What was, tell us a bit about what, who you left behind and who you brought with you. So luckily as a family, we're all here. But the people you leave behind are you, you know, the people, like I still have family, the, the people that I have back home are still my uncles, my, you know, my grandmother, um, relatives from my dad's side, relatives from my mom's side. Um, so that, 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 that's one of the, luckily for me, I still have my brothers and sisters with me. So as, as me, I don't really feel, but it's my family who, you know, had to leave friends behind and, you know, just different worlds behind. So they've, and, and coming here at a young age as well means that I was, I spent most of my life in a way here, uh, in, well, in the UK. So I didn't feel like I missed out on much, if, if, that, if that makes sense, because there isn't yeah. that, I don't have that recollection of the other side. Like I didn't study all the way there and so on and so forth. Yeah, but I bet your parents do. Exactly, exactly. And, and they always have like, you know, I'll, I'll be speaking to my dad and he'll be telling me stories about how it's beautiful in the seventies and how life was different, how people would dress up and, you know, go like just, just things that I, things that, because the Somali that I know is just war, but he was, but but there is an origin story that he was telling me about how before this there was peace, there was you know life, and people were sort of coexisting together, and people had aspirations, and people would you know go to other countries to study and then come back, and you know so that that was the life that I was that in a way I've never seen that I've only heard of, um, and I could only see pictures of and you know a few video clips um but in terms of me seeing it that's i've always grown up 
for it to be you know a failed state and a failed country but in a way but there's progress happening yeah there is change happening there's progress happening and people you know there's a new generation of people that you know they were able to sort of make it out and are now coming back and are adding value to the country so hopefully 20 30 years down the line you know once I have kids in the future, hopefully they'll see the Somalia that my family were able to see. So why did your family choose the UK? That is actually a good question. I'll have to, I think one of, one of the reasons is, is because there, some of my aunts were in the UK. So it was easier to use they, So in a way they, you know, you weren't starting everything alone. There were people, there were familiar faces that you knew. That was they were able i guess i guess that's the reason why my parents picked it um but i'm not complaining yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I wasn't like I'm god happy. why did they pick the uk <laughs> <laughs> so do you remember what the journey was like leaving not as much but it was um and because it was very blurry uh and nobody and, and when you're young you don't know why you're moving you just think it's oh we're going on a trip like you don't know what it is um like um and it was so that 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 part of my life i i didn't that part of my life i didn't sort of all all i know is i was back home and then all of a sudden came to the uk and it's like whoa this place yeah. is different yeah and it's like wow um and you then appreciate little things like, oh, it's green trees. Oh, yeah. there's grass. Oh, wow. Uh, wow. So you didn't have that in Somalia. I mean, I mean, it's 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 not that, but you know, there were like par- parks, nature, like you don't like parks, like structured parks and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, they are there because my grandmother had a farm, but then you'd have like a plot, like around her farm, there'll be a plot of land which is green, and then there's desert. And then a part of that. So, so it's little things, little things like that. Do you remember any of like the war of about it? No, but I do remember. I do remember hearing stories about it. Mm. Um, um, and uh, you know, especially my aunt who's had to go through that, and she's got vivid stories of, um the war and how it broke off and how she had to so flee with her family and it it was traumatic experiences and how you know my grandmother and my grandfather had to you know flee and all of all these stories that I mean luckily luckily I wasn't luckily I wasn't wasn't there when that was happening okay Um, so it got bad once you guys left yeah exactly it's it's interesting because when you speak to people, you, sometimes even with like care workers, sometimes they'll tell you stories about here and there, like about how what they had to go through as well, and how yeah. they had to, um, and how they still have that trauma mm. that they're still carrying from that. People just telling you like, "Wow, it was graphic. It was such a bad experience." So let's revisit ten-year-old Abdul. You've just moved to this new country. What was it like? uh it was exciting i remember it was very exciting you know um the the, you know playing football with random people you don't know in a park just kicking the ball around and you know summer i remember it was summertime so everyone was out you know the weather um and it was yeah it was exciting it it was different it was i was happy so yeah was was there something that like surprised you most about about the uk um, I think 
Yeah, I mean, luckily as well, I mean, luckily where I came with the part of London that I was in, there were people that looked like me, so I could speak to them in my language as well. Uh, so it was that, the fact that there's a, a lot of people that are, there's a community out there that, that surprised me and that in a way the community helps you, it helps the adaptation process. Um, it helps you adapt to a situation a lot quicker. So there's already a built community, there was familiar food, mm. you know, so you don't miss it out, things like that. And that really helps. Um, and then you make friends here and there and, you know, you build, you know, and, and through sports, that's why sports is amazing because you're able to just, you can go from not knowing and by the end of it, people are like, oh, you got to come back tomorrow and play with us. So it's those little, yeah. yeah. So it was, it, was a happy, it was a happy memory. And then, yeah. that, and, then from, and then from there, start, you know, secondary school and that's really where life started and so on. And did you know English before you came here? So my, so not, my writing was very bad. Uh, and, 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 and my English wasn't as strong as the people around me. Uh, but luckily, with time and playing with people, you know, play football with people, uh, helps from teachers, um, I was able to improve. Yeah. Steady. Yeah. yeah. I, I feel like I'm still improving my English. So I don't think that. <laughs> Same. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like the other yeah. day, I learned a new word. I was like, oh, wow, that's a cool word. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So you said you have siblings. Yeah. Were they older than you? Yeah, they were older than me. Okay. So I've got so one younger. Okay. Yeah, and I've got, you know, a few that are older than me. So did you all find, did did everyone have a similar experience of really being excited and, and enjoying uh, moving here? I think everybody had, because they're older than me as well. Yeah. So I'm sure the excitement comes from new opportunity. And the excitement comes from, wow, you really, because my parents will always say, if you work hard, if you study, you can be whoever you want to be. So it's mm. that, so it's that formula. Okay, so I just sit down, I need to work out, I need to work hard and hopefully, you know, stars will align and I'll be this person that, you know, that my parents would say that I can be. Yeah. Um, so it's that excitement of that, I guess. And you don't forget that really. You're, you're, you're eager to want to achieve that. Yeah. It sounds like your parents did a really good job of making this journey seem like something you should be excited for. Yes, and I commend them for that, actually. They've had to do a lot of sacrifices for us. Uh, and, you know, like, I, like even just the other day, I was telling I was like, Mom, you made a great choice picking the UK. Like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, you made, you made a good choice. And, and it's a sacrifice that they make, and you don't notice it when you're younger, but as you get older, you you always love your parents but you appreciate what they had to go through yeah. for you even more as you get older um and the le- like every day the level of respect goes even higher not that i don't respect them i love them but you just yeah. it's just a new ounce of wow you guys did this for us and wow like, yeah. so nothing you do like nothing you do would can ever repay that back you know the sacrifices the love that they give and you know, you know, and especially after COVID, you've got families that have lost one another and so on and so forth. So you just, the sense of family, you appreciate that even more. Yeah. Yeah. I find as I get older, like my capacity for love is like, I keep unlocking new levels and it's like, whoa, I didn't think I could love any harder than I, exactly. I love you. Exactly. 
Exactly, exactly. And and then as you get older, you become a bit more soppy as well. You start crying over little things. <laughs> I appreciate you guys. <laughs> yes, I do the exact the same. Like, yeah. oh, I'm so grateful. Yeah. So <laughs> I totally agree with you. So as time has passed on, have you experienced any feeling of being unwelcome here in the UK? Maybe if I grew up in a different part of the UK where I'll probably where we were the only Somali family, then maybe that would have been a problem. But London, the beauty about London is like it's a multicultured city and there are different from there are people from different cultures. Like I went to school with people from Pakistan, Afghanistan, uh, just people all over the world. And you embrace these cultures and you learn about their traditions and it shapes you to sort of be like a global citizen. Like our school was like our school was like the United Nations. You had someone from you had people from different cultures. Um, that and in a way it's it, it, for me, it was good because I was able to learn different cultures and different, and, and, it, and it always shaped me as I've grown older as well. Yeah. So I think it would be really interesting to hear from you. You know, you, you work with your family in this business. Can you tell us a little bit more about it and maybe pick one story you wanted to share? We're a team of just over 90 carers and we, so we operate in London and and there's so many stories and our care workers are the most incredible women you know they're these amazing women who i call i call them community ambassadors because not only are they carers but they're mothers and they're you know they help each other and 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 they inspire their families and the families look to them as these hardworking women and they're, they're just incredible some of the success stories that we've had since starting the organization we've had carers who came to our organization and in a few years have were able to put a deposit for their to buy their council house that they were able to save that money with their part with their husbands and so but you know and that's amazing you know we have carers who sent their kids to oxford and cambridge and some of these top universities and they were able to graduate and that's amazing and that's and that's what motivates us there's nothing more satisfying than celebrating their, their daughters or their son's graduation because you feel that you know and one thing that bonds us together is we all have that lived experience we all know what it feels like to sort of come and start from scratch and that that's what bonds us as a and, and as a company and we don't really see it as a company we're just one big family um and you know our carers you know there are there are times when you know to go back with the rejection, you know, there, there, some, some of the clients we look after were born in the 1920s, the 1950s, you know, a long time ago. So their perception of life is different to, to how we live our lives. Uh, but sometimes when you speak to them on the phone, they've already sort of built an image of how you're supposed to look like. And then you turn up and then the voice doesn't match the image that they had in their head. And, uh, and for, for the podcast listeners, would you, do you mean that they think that you are Caucasian and you're not? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So they've already built that perception. Um, and then you turn up and then it's, there's always, like, oh, you know, uh, or when the carers turn up and like, oh, so there are times when a client would be like, well, you know, I don't want someone from a different skin to touch my family. I'm sorry. It's just, you know, nothing against you guys, but you know, someone from a different skin, your skin cannot look after task. And it's, you know, you listen to that, you're like, you know what, you know, no worries at all. You know, it's your loss because these cares are incredible. But, and you, and you hear that sometimes it's not nice that you have to tell them, listen, it's not you, it's just how they're wired and that their, their opinion 
doesn't shape who you truly are. You're incredible. Um, so reinforcing that to them. Yeah. And that happens and, you know, and that's life, you know, and you have to deal with it. Again, you can't take that and you just have to roll the punches and cool. That's your way of life. Fine. But yeah. if, if that, you know, we, we know where we know our value and we know our worth and we know that the work that we do is incredible. Yeah. So your opinion about someone's skin color doesn't really shape. And also, you know, they go into the house with their headscarf and sometimes it could be an incident that's happened could be a terror incident that happened somewhere else and then the carer would come in with a headscarf and then they would look at them and then be like you know what are you but in time they re and, and through the care through the action of kindness and their compassion and their empathy they're able to see actually you know what not everyone is like that look i've got my carers who look after me that care for me and so they're able to change that perception just by yeah. their actions just by yeah. showing up on time just by being there for them so it's, it's sometimes, you know, action, like action speaks louder than words and they're able to demonstrate those actions. I, you've mentioned something I'm, I've been very curious about when there is a terror, like when there have been terrorist incidents in the past, because, you know, I've been in London for five years and I've seen already yeah. like two. Do you feel like people look at you in a certain way and do you or do you have a feeling and maybe that's not true, but you feel that way because the media has portrayed it to be? It's, and it's very sad, but I, every time I would leave my house, I'm always aware that I could be the first Muslim that someone meets today. I could be the first black person that someone meets today. And how I conduct myself is so important because I could change someone's perception just by my action, keeping the door open for someone. So it's, and I do that subconsciously all the time. Um, I can't change the world, but I can change the people around me. And I can, and, and so they can always come back to that actually no there was one person that actually did that for me and hopefully that could change the perception yeah. of people and you know the people i hang around with will all do the same thing and it's yeah. changing the world through your actions well that must be so frustrating as well and it must yeah. be quite tiring it, it, it is um because especially like you said sometimes the media might perceive us in a certain way and you know it's not true and you can see that it's not true and it, it does get tiring so i have three more questions for you okay all right here it is so the the first one is your mom sounds so badass what was so was it her that started the care the care uh taking uh idea right. yeah so i agree my mom is badass 100 uh and her mom is also incredible uh <laughs> you come um, from a line of uh strong women strong women have always shaped my life and um my sisters are incredible women too so i've I've, I've, I've I've always been grateful to be around people that inspired me and yeah um so yeah i mean she set up a, a charity um to sort of uh, setting up a safe space for people, similar backgrounds, bringing them together as a, as a community. Um, these are women that might have faced domestic violence in the past. These are women that might have had different traumas. So she set up a charity to sort of bring them all in, do these training sessions for them where they can also bring their kids. Uh, so it was, it was ticking for a few years and she realized that she had a group of people that were regularly turning up to these sessions. And then my brother had the experience from, and my brother used to work um, at the, at the local authority through the care aspects, you have the commissioning angle. Um, and that's how the idea came of, you know, I've got this group of people that are naturally are caring, they're naturally caring people. 
Uh, why, why don't we put that to good use? And how can we empower these people even more? You know, fair enough, they've got all these certificates, but now let's put these certificates into good use. Um, and that's how the idea sort of was born. So none of the women before were caregivers. They were just no. a part of a support group. They were for... part of a support group, but, but then they had the natural caring quality in them. Wow. And not everybody can be a carer. Wow. You've got to... You've got to have, yeah, you've just, you've got to, you've got to have that natural compassion. Yeah. And they all had that in abundance in respect of whatever trauma they went to, but they still had that in abundance. You um, so have utilizing to be, yeah. that. And also society in a way will, society wouldn't look at them either way. Society wouldn't give them a chance. So, so given it, so yeah, so given a chance to people that society would, wouldn't have given a chance to is even more gratifying it's even more inspiring for us because we know that we're able to look past that and just see them as who they are these incredible women um and just empower them with information with you know with positive words and confidence and then watch them fly and and all of them will fly that's so beautiful what advice would you give to someone who is going about to take the journey to immigrate here um you know first thing is you know so, you know sometimes when you are hearing stories about people that left their country to, like i could never get bored of those stories because you feel each story and you see that wow someone's risking their lives to come here and and even and it makes you even more grateful like I am, every day I wake up is, is a day full of blessing, is a day that I am truly grateful for being here, for being able to breathe, for being able to do what I can in a safe environment. And I take, and I never take that for granted, never. And I don't think I'll ever take that for granted. So, you know, my advice to them is, you know, I understand why you have to do that. Like for me, like anyone who like, people don't have to explain why they have to leave a situation. I get it right away. Um, uh, my advice to them once they are able to safely make it here is utilize opportunities that you have and don't put that just remember use that to motivate you to change your environment don't just settle for fine I just made it but you know how can you help the people around you how can you uplift the people around you how could you empower the people around you how could you share that knowledge that you were fortunate enough to gain with the people around you um, and then it becomes a duty to do that you never want to forget that um, so once you, once you, once you're able to settle down and once you're able to sort of, um, build yourself a new environment, don't forget the people around you. Yeah. 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 What do you wish people knew about immigrants? Yeah. I mean that they're hardworking, that they want to be treated the same way, that they don't just come to a, they don't just leave their country uh, to go to another country so they could claim welfare, that they have aspirations, that they have dreams just like everyone else, that they just want to make it in life just like everyone else. I think it would be great if you, if you could just say the name one more time of the, the business. So if, in case anyone um, who has, you know, who needs someone to be taken care of can look out for you guys. Yeah, so it's Sahan, Sahan Cares, so S for Sierra, A for Alpha, H for Hotel, A for Alpha, N for November, and then Cares, C-A-R-E-S. Thank you so much, Abdul. I really am honored to hear your story, and I really look forward to keeping in touch. Thank you so much for your time, Jessica. I really appreciate you. All right. Bye. Take care. Bye-bye.
You've been listening to I Can Relate. If you'd like to hear more of these episodes, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. You can do this on Apple Podcast, Spotify, or any other platform you're listening on. To become a part of the community, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Join me next time for another episode. Thanks for listening.